guys, this is Kat from the future again. So, I know earlier during the episode, I had said that sometime this week would be Mariah Carey's birthday. It's actually today, the day we recorded. And you know, as I tell people, Mariah Carey is my favorite Aries alive, because my favorite Aries in general is Selena Quintanilla Perez, so... Happy birthday, Mimi. I love you so much. You are the queen. You reign supreme. I've listened to your music since I came out of my mother. You are amazing in everything you do. Nothing but blessings, Mimi. Mariah Carey, I bow down to the queen. Happy birthday. We are two geeky ladies talking about issues in our lives. Relationship gossip. And occasional politics, all while geeking and having fun. Let's geek. Every single time, it's always off. But you know, we're going to get it one episode. Hey, I thought, I thought it was fine this time. <laughs> oh, I mean, it was fine. <laughs> but you know what? It's okay. But <laughs> today is a real... What? but okay so today is gonna be a really cool nice episode because we're gonna talk about firearms bang 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 like (laughs) let me stop and i'm really happy because we have a special guest his name is frank and we work together and he is Frank from Firearms, and he's an instructor. He's been around firearms, and he's been teaching how to use a proper firearm for years. So welcome to our podcast, Frank, because you are an avid listener who we absolutely appreciate. Yay! <laughs> hi, Frank. Introduce yourself. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, hi, I'm Frank. As you saying, I work with her, um, and... She's always really nice, and she asked me to come on here and just kind of answer some questions regarding firearms and safety and, you know, kind of the state of things. And I'm kind of somebody who doesn't lean one way or the other when it comes to politics. I like to go based on the facts and based on what works and what doesn't. And um, as far as that's concerned, you know, you ladies go ahead and lead the charge and let me know when you want me to answer a question and go from there. Yeah, of course. Oh, and then before we begin... Thank you for coming on to the podcast and then talking about this because I know like when it comes to firearms, people are very divided and mm-hmm. I think most of us are, hmm, I guess we don't know much about it except for those who are like, don't take the guns away, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> stuff like that. And some of them that are just like, burn them, get rid of them, they're dangerous. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be somewhere in the middle that we can meet. Exactly. Yeah. So can you give us like a, you know, small history about, you know, the history of firearms in the United States? Because from what I found out yesterday, firearms dates back like a thousand, like a thousand CE. And apparently the Chinese invented the yeah. first prototype. I was like, well, <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. too. <laughs> uh, they're pretty old. I mean, they go back, like you said, thousands of years because the invention of gunpowder. And, um, you know, the minute that they found out that, you know, you put a spark on this powder, it just goes boom. And then people had ideas. Then we had cannons. I would say cannons were probably the most mainstream firearms, um, you know, on pirate ships and stuff, Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, yeah, especially in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's for Um, sure. (laughs) And then we had 
they called them hand cannons because they were in your hand and they were like miniature sized cannons that shot a miniaturized ball out of them. Um, so you had those two things going, but then to kind of speed forward a little bit, uh, history of firearms, are you looking for more, um, when did they become more mainstream or who yeah, used them? I can, yeah, I can guide you through that. Yeah. Okay. Um, when that was personally like my, uh, idea, cause my thing is, I feel like a lot of people who are in this divide with the take my guns away or like don't take my guns away. Like, I just wanted to know if you could give us like a brief history on how it did become mainstream, how it became, because uh, can I assume it was like only used for the military at some point and then eventually, it, you know, it was allowed that the citizens can use it or what's going on with that? Because I don't know if a lot of people understand you know right um so it was really meant like it was a tool like you go to the store and you buy a shovel or you go mm -hmm. to the store and you buy this and that you buying your tool for your household mm -hmm. having a firearm there were no police officers back then they're like if they were they, their response time was incredibly slow there were no telephones mm -hmm. um so you bought a firearm because it was the same thing as getting wood, having wood in the house, uh, going hunting, having meat in the freezer, that kind of stuff. You needed to have a firearm because you need to protect yourself mostly against animals more than people, right? So they, that the biggest thing is the reason that it was so important for people to own their own personal firearm was because the response time of a police or military force was so slow that, and which is not their fault. I mean, they don't have cell phones or Amber Alerts. Right, right. <laughs> So yeah. you, you had that because they you had were like the, pigeons. <laughs> yeah, they had pigeons. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of why it was more not really regulated because it was kind of seen as a requirement to have in the household. Whereas now it's kind of a gray area because it's like you're three numbers away from and five minutes typically response time from having anybody that needs to help you. So I would say that firearms has now evolved from a necessity of uh, protection to more of a sportsman thing where like you want to have it to uh, it's kind of like going bowling I always compare shooting to uh, it's something you can go have fun if, if done safely if done right but and it's also meant to be a deterrent against aggressors foreign and domestic mm -hmm. because you read statistics like 3.8 million Americans bought new Americans bought firearms in 2020 what? On top of the Americans that already own a firearm, 3.8 million Americans bought one just in 2020 alone. Oh, God. So while that sounds scary, it's even scarier to a country like Russia or someone else that wants to invade because they're like every right. other house could potentially have a firearm in it. Wow. Yeah. So that's it's so, so as far as, so that's like where we're at. So it was like most people who would have a firearm or people that were not in a residential area or older residential cities, they'd be on farms with lots of acreage and, you know, they are their judge and jury and they are their protector. Now we moved into today's society where mostly everywhere is a residential area. And yeah, I mean, even for me, like I live on, on post here in base and the MPs are literally, I could probably throw a rock and hit one. So as far as that's concerned, I, so I believe with firearms, it's, it started out as a necessity for those who needed to protect themselves and their family. And now it's kind of moved into where 
it's a privilege to have one and it's not more for protection, which it can be because statistics are saying that it's, it's getting violent out there, but it's possible that it's yeah. just because um, people are crazy. Yeah, people are just going crazy because they're cooped up and mm -hmm. it's, people are feeling like if they have a firearm on them, they feel safer because right now they feel like because um, you, you can't read anybody. And you look around and you see everybody and you have no idea what they're going to do. That's true. Absolutely. That's who they are. And then we already know with the climate that's happening right now, the tension. Mm -hmm. And everyone's so divided, you know. No. That's, that's yeah, I would say that's the problem with our country. It's we're too divided. And we saw that, what, I think mostly in 2020? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the last five years. Actually, I would say the last six years when it comes to that topic of firearms, like it's always been a thing that we've been talking about, but I feel like it's really been aggressive with the topic for my opinion, the last six, seven years. But what I will ask next is when was your first time around a firearm? Was it, you know, with the military, with you being a veteran? Was it, you know, at a younger age, you know, maybe where you're surrounded by family or was it just something you woke up one day and said, you know what, I just want to learn. I just want to, you know, get into them or just, you know, use, use one just to, you know, protect my family or so. What was your experience with it the first time you did it? So I grew up in New York. And New York, California, and Maryland are one of the most strict um, firearms purchasing states. So I never had one in the house. Uh, my family didn't see the need to have one because, like I said, they believed like you know if they ever had an issue, you know baseball bats will work fine, and you can just call the police, that kind of thing. True. Latino household machete. <laughs> Italian household, we just have that wooden spoon. You know. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, so I didn't, my first time handling a firearm was in boot camp in the Marine Corps. Um, it was the first three days I was there. They took an M16, they put it in my hands. Three and, days. <laughs> they put it in my hands and then I had to have that thing on me the whole rest of the time I was there. And they, um, it never it didn't have a magazine in it and they made us keep like the breaches open and stuff to always see that it was empty, which access to ammunition on there was almost impossible. Um, they do a pretty good job with making sure it's safe. But from that moment on, you're taught. I mean, this is just the Marine Corps. I know other branches are different. Every day you have to handle that weapon in like drilling motions and, and things like that. And you have to really know how to hold it. And they teach you that because they want you to have control over it and make sure you know where that muzzle is pointed at all times. And I didn't even shoot it until week seven of being at boot camp. And week six, you just spend an entire week aiming it, practicing fundamentals. Um, you go to the range and you don't fire a single shot for seven days. But you act as though you have rounds in there. And then after that, you do. But And you're being watched heavily by the instructors and things like that. It's so controlled. Um, that was my first experience with firearms. And then, you know, every year afterwards, um, every six months, you're required to, uh, to keep shooting and keep concurrent and uh, making sure you can hit a certain amount of target. And then I bought my first firearm. My first purchase was when I was 19. I purchased a shotgun. Um, that's why I'll get shotgun. And the reason I did so was because I had wanted to go hunting. And that's another topic is uh, people always frown upon hunting 
but if you've ever taken a hunting class or anything like that, they always stress that hunting is about not going out and killing something and wiping pig blood on your face. It's about environmental conservation. There are some seasons where you won't even be allowed to hunt certain things because they don't have enough population. So you're, they literally won't, they'll say, hey, we're not doing deer this year because the population is too low. We have to give them a chance to repopulate and things like that. Sometimes there's a shortage of food. So they're like, hey, we want you to hunt more because it's humane. So we're about environmental conservation. So it, and we always, there's certain things you can't shoot. There's certain things you can um, just be like, and there's no such thing as like, oh, I didn't know what it was. If you didn't know what it was, don't shoot it, plain and simple. You get a huge ticket, a huge fine. Most of the time, you just lose your license altogether if they take all your stuff. Mm. Uh, that's Maryland, and I, mm. I know that other states are different, but Maryland is about, um, hunting is about environmental conservation. So I got a shotgun, and I never ended up going out hunting, so then I was just sat in the closet. That was the first time I purchased a firearm, and that's my experience with firearms. But I did take it shooting. I went to the range and chopped some clay discs and stuff, and Everyone you know is a weapons instructor if they're good. Like if, if they're a responsible firearms owner, they'll know everything about safely handling them and they'll have no problem coming up to a complete stranger and correcting them if they're doing something wrong or doing something unsafe. I was thinking, because, you know, I was listening and everything and I know you talk very calmly, but I was like, okay, in, in my opinion, if I were to hold any type of firearm, I would be nervous at some point during your training or whatever it is that you were going through with your um, experience with firearms. Were you ever nervous at some point? Like, oh, you know? Absolutely. I mean, especially the first time too, when you, when you hold a loaded firearm and you know that the difference between um, something terrible happening is mm -hmm. you tripping on something or like something of that nature, it, it definitely it definitely stresses you out. Um, but then eventually over time, you start to trust the fundamentals and the knowledge you're given. And then you start to become confident, but you don't want to become overconfident. That's when people start doing stupid things and then stupid things happen. True. So how long have you been an instructor? Like, how did you become an instructor? Um, when I was in the Marine Corps, they had um, a weapons instructor course. Uh, and they, you, you basically learn the basics of certain firearms and then you're, you become something called a coach. I never actually went and coached. I just became certified in coaching. Um, and then, uh, I handled multiple different types of firearms and then, so that's where I got certified, but then I, I handling different types of firearms, um, with, at my job here and stuff like that. And then doing research and then owning certain firearms because now I'm purchasing them. I'm trying to pace myself with that, but I like to um, collect them and um, you know store them safely and, and follow the proper procedures. And, and as long as the state of Maryland and the federal government feels that I'm someone who deserves to own one and that they can be trusted with it. But as far as um, when I became the most proficient, I would say probably when I started working with you over there because I was seeing all different types of things that I had never seen before. Uh, my coworker um, that I work with, uh, he's extremely knowledgeable and he owns a lot of firearms and uh, I learned a lot from him. And I would just say that you learn most of the time. You can, you can sit in a class and learn PowerPoint and, and learn about stuff but until you've picked up a bunch of stuff and held stuff, that's when you become the most proficient.
that's mm. true like experience and practices um I know you mentioned earlier that you know what was it New York Maryland or what was the other state that has California strict? California okay and so I guess my question is what is the actual process of like getting one because you know since there is some states that are easier others are harder so I was just wondering what it's like because I personally never walked into a shop before and I like I'll pass by one but I'm just like oh I don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so it depends on obviously it depends on where you live but there's a federal standard um, so every state is required to at least do a background check on you. And um, everyone who sells firearms has access to the FBI's background checking system. And they themselves have been background checked and consistently are background checked. It expires. Um, and you're, so you're required to, to give a background check on everybody. They're required to have a valid non-expired identification, um, like a driver's license or state ID. Um, and uh, every state's different, but for the most part, that's all that's required in every state for a shotgun or a rifle, like an AR-15 or a shotgun or equipment of that nature. It gets more strict when you get a handgun or something concealable. Um, they don't want you to be able to pull something out that has 30 shots in it and be able to do all types of horrible things. They want you to be a menace to society. Correct. So that what they want is if you're going to have something like a handgun that's concealable, very, very concealable. You can, you know, you can hide that anywhere on your body or have a backpack or something. They're required, they do a much more thorough background check. So um, if you're going to get a handgun at our store, for example, uh, you're required to get a handgun qualification license, which is like an eight hour class that teaches you the weapon safety and um, eight hours. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's a short time. But they also, uh, you have a, a test at the end and it's a very difficult test. And if you fail, you fail. You have to take it again and things like that. Oh, so they have like a process almost like a driver's license. Yes, exactly. Like they're not oh, going I to let. That. So that's required for anybody that is not active duty military, mm -hmm. police officer, federal agent, anybody who can handle a weapon because they've already been trained are not required to. But in Maryland, you're required to get a handgun qualification license if you're, if you're not military in order to purchase a handgun. You are not required to do that to purchase a shotgun or a rifle. Mm. So that is open to, I was going to let you guys talk about that and see what your opinion is regarding that. Sorry, me personally, sorry I'm, I'm shook by no, that. Girl, like, me personally, girl. like dude no no no. that should be required for everything it shouldn't be like oh you know only selective you know what i mean it's kind of stupid it's like saying like if if you wanted to get like a a certain type of model car right but you can only get training for or like do your driver's license for this type of car but like you know because if you look at the classes right you got the motorcycle we got the 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 commercial cars and then we got the uh truck ones they all require a um a test and also they all have the individual like license for it right because you got to have just because you have a car license doesn't mean you can go ahead and ride a motorcycle now i know a lot of people do but you know i'm just like what i i don't know me personally i think it should be for like all of it it shouldn't be like that 
because that's the, I mean, if you think about it, we already have like issues with people like selling illegal firearms already unregistered, you know, firearms. And then on top of that, like you telling me I could walk in get a shotgun and then that's that. Because if yep. you look at it, like that's how easy we can have like mass shootings, um, you know, the school shootings that that uh, what was it that the shooting that happened with those um, Parkland. Uh, yeah, but no, sorry. I was thinking about the the one the one the Asian nail salon one. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's an easy target for all of that. Like what? That's crazy. Right. Yeah. That's. I mean, I'm I'm of the same opinion. I I have people come into the store all the time, and mm-hmm. uh, you know they'll ask to see something. I tell them to put the ID on the counter, and they do, and then I show them the weapon, and they'll grab it with like their finger right around the trigger See, and things like, like that. And it, it, it annoys me to no end because I can't, because it's technically unloaded and I've checked that and things like that. But, you know, they always teach you, treat every weapon as if it were loaded and, you know, hit yeah. it with, and, and you see like people come in and first of all, they're swinging it every which way. They've got their finger on the trigger and I'm not allowed to yell at them and be like, Hey, like, cause you know, you work for a store and you, they have like a, a customer service where like I have to make everybody feel. But I feel like you should be able to like management, whoever it is, needs to tell people, hey, don't do that. It's the same thing when like you take a freaking pen and the teacher says, eh, 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 don't point at it. Or if you have a scissor, always point it down. Right. Because you're going to like hurt somebody, you know. Well, yeah. And the worst case, and the worst thing is, is once I do their background check and everything and it all comes back clean. They're walking out with it. And then that that person's most like so what i'll try to do in that situation personally is i'll try to hey you know kind of try to stroke their ego a little bit and i'll be like hey you know you definitely know what you're doing when it comes to firearms obviously you don't but i just wanted to show you just a little trick to doing this and that and then i'll just kind of show them like this is how you break it down you know always keep the muzzle pointed away from people keep your finger off the, the trigger because it's very very you know it's very very easy to pull it that's it's like almost like a hair trigger you can literally just just a tap and it'll go off so just keep it around the guard they have a guard on a firearm yeah and so i try to i try as much as i can but like those bad habits of like grabbing a gun and then having your finger around the trigger immediately mm-hmm. that's something that should be instilled at a young age potentially which i know there's a question going into that later yeah but yeah, no, it's kind of crazy. Um, I think that everybody should have, and you know what? Some of these people are veterans that are acting like that, taking the weapons like that, because not all branches do shoot. Um, I think the Air Force shoots once in boot camp, and if some, if you were sick or something during that week, there's not a requirement for you to uh, go back and shoot because it's not a requirement to graduate. So, I mean, just because everyone's a veteran doesn't mean you can be thrown into the same pool. I mean, yeah. as a Marine, I shot a lot, and there was a lot of um, – things like that and then even the army does that but i mean in a branch like the air force not so much i mean i know the navy boot camp they have a they have a a pistol thing i think based on what somebody told me but be a little bit more regulated and a little bit more thought about instead of just kind of like broadly all one size fits all solution have any of you like know michael moore 
So there is this um, man who's a die-hard Democrat, and his name is Michael Moore, and he has done some documentaries that have been, you know, considered a little bit controversial, like one of the ones on 9-11. There was one that he had done on firearms, and it was basically about, like, how easy it was to get a firearm, and I don't remember the scene exactly, and I can try to see if I can find it for the podcast, try, where he had gone into a shop and they actually gave him a free gun just for going into the shop. I don't know if he went into a bank or something like that, but they legit gave him a free gun just for doing whatever he had to do in that store. And he was just in shock, like, really, I get this just for doing this one little task. And they're like, yeah, if you want the firearm, go for it. And it's just like, it's that easy because, for example, drive, it seems it's easier for me to get a firearm than a driver's license. I go to get a driver's license. They need my address, they need my bank statement, they need my birth certificate, they need my like mailing, they need everything. If I don't have it, they'll keep making me go home and coming back to reject me and which is why everybody hates the MBA. I'm trying to figure out why firearms can't get that same treatment Whereas, you know, as a driver's license, that's the only thing that has bothered me, you know, over the years about firearms is just so how easy it is to get one. And I know for a fact I qualify for one. (laughs) And, you know, I have spoken to you, Frank, in the past that, you know, I want to learn how to use a firearm and I definitely maybe one day want to own one. But for now, I don't. I just think it's very important for at least an American citizen to practice their second amendment right. But drifting into the next question, it is a bit sad, but how do you feel about instructing children on firearms? Do you believe they should be instructed? And the reason why we ask this is because you see children who have been exposed to a gun before the age of six, especially in sad as it is, Um, high crime rate areas or people, you know, who are exposed to poverty and stuff. What is your opinion on that? Because they, from what I learned, they definitely have firearms for small children, six up to 12, 13. To answer your question, you were saying, what do you think about, you know, children having firearms and using firearms and things like that? So this is going to be a little controversial, but I think it's a good thing. And It's only because of what I've been taught. Kids are curious by nature. If you want to own a firearm, kids see it. Um, You should always have it in a well-hid, locked up place, completely out of the way. But if you're one of those people that starts to become an avid collector and they have a lot and like, even though they're locked up, like, you know, your kid has seen you take it out and stuff. If your kid asks you to see it, 100% show it to them. Make sure it's completely unloaded and all that stuff. Every time that they ask you to see it, stop what you're doing, get up and show it to them. If you're sitting on the couch watching TV and your kid says, hey, can I see your rifle? Get up, go show them the rifle. Make sure that you instill in them that whenever they want it, they can always come and get you. You know, and then you also want because you want them to be able to not go looking for it on their own or grab it out and use it. Um, And then also you want to teach them as early as possible. I would say probably between like 10 and 16, how to use it, how to shoot it, proper hearing protection, eye protection, things like that. Don't ever like, oh, my kid 
see, this is where we have a problem. Oh, my kid, he knows how to use the guns and he would never, and he would never do that. And I can leave it unlocked or like he can have a spare key and he can take it out and show his friends whenever he wants. That's, that's when you get into a bad place. You, you, you want to have control over that firearm as much as possible. Um, and, but you also want your kid to feel like whenever they want to see it, cause they're curious by nature, children, whenever they want to see it, they can come to you and they, and they don't feel the need to get it on their own because they know all I got to do is ask dad and he'll pop right up or mom and he'll pop right up and go get it for me. And then I can look at it and play with it or whatever, but you know, you monitoring them. And, and that's another thing too, is storage. So that bring me to the next thing. As far as storing a firearm, Ammunition is always supposed to be separated from the firearm itself. Firearm is supposed to be locked up with either a cable lock or a trigger lock. Um, those are made out of stainless steel. Really, really easy. To, uh, really, really hard to break them. And the biggest thing is keep it out of reach of your children. Keep it hidden. But if for some reason, you know, you're somebody who goes out a lot and they see it, they're going to go looking for it. And kids are little mischievous little sneaks. They'll find it. Um, and so the best thing you can do for safety, if you have children and you want to own a firearm is to just make sure that they're educated, take them to the range when they're, I, I always see all the time. I always see like little girls at the range with their dads and, and their moms and they're teaching them how to shoot and they're being super strict. And if they, if they do something, even uh, they, they're literally had their hands right over the kid, like they're basically hugging them and they're not letting them control that firearm by themselves, but they're letting them get it out of their system and they're teaching them good habits and they're teaching them safety and the earlier, the better really uh, as far as buying one for your kid or letting your kid have access to it whenever they want, just because you think that they're squared away. I don't agree with that, but I agree with teaching them as early as possible. You know, you teach your kid, don't cross the road without looking both ways. Um, don't do this. Don't do that. Wash your hands. Same thing with a firearm, you know, just the sooner the better. That's just um, what I've been taught in my hunting courses and stuff with kids. You know, I, I, when I was in that hunting course, I saw these little kids. The instructor was kind of picking on them a little bit and like, you know, so what's this? And he would like and stuff like that. But he was doing that because he wants them to learn and he's putting them on the spot so they pay attention and things like that. This might sound controversial, <laughs> like also because, you know, eventually my parents are going to get bored one day and be like, oh, let me listen to the podcast. Because I'll be honest, they don't listen to it a lot. I truly feel that at the age of possibly 12 or 13, I would take my child, you know, I would hope that the fog, my baby dad, actually my husband would be okay with baby it. Baby daddy. I know, I know, I said my baby daddy. Like, Ooh, wait, do we got a sign-up sheet? Did somebody right. give me the sign-up sheet? Right. Husband. Sorry, husband would allow the children to do that because like I've told you, you know, a few times in the past, Frank, I really do think it's very important to start practicing my second amendment right. The last five years has actually made me more conservative. I'm an independent, just talking on my political affiliation. So I really do feel as American citizen that it is very important. And I do want my children around that age to learn. So I'm glad to hear you say this, even as controversial as some people think. But how do you feel? Because I feel like you're going to say what I feel is obvious, irresponsible parenting. Sad as it is, children that have been exposed to it at a young age 
it's just especially in those areas like what's your thoughts and opinion on that like if you don't have one it's totally understandable if it's a short one it's totally understandable so what you mean is uh if you know kids who have gotten into an accident by getting into their parents gun at a really young age and yeah are talking about irresponsible parents that will like leave the gun right on the kitchen table yeah yeah no those people usually do go to jail and get in trouble but that's the aftermath we still have the tragedy. So the solution is to make sure, I mean, this is probably going to tie into a question later, but I have a good plan as far as how you can sell firearms effectively. Um, I think that a lot of people would agree with it, that it's fair, but, and we'll get into that later, but uh, you kind of, people are kind of habits of people are, have these habits that they do and you kind of know that someone's kind of irresponsible. Um, and if, if somebody's leaving a revolver on the table and a, a six-year-old picks it up and it's loaded on the table, that person has no business buying a firearm. And that person probably demonstrated that at the firearms counter, but wasn't allowed, but we weren't allowed to discriminate, you know? But it's things like coming up to the counter, being extremely hostile, um, saying things like, oh, I'm buying this for my buddy. And then I'll take it and then take it back and be like, I'm not buying it for my buddy. Uh, I'll let him use it, but I'm going to be the owner. Ew. You know, I should have the power to be like, I'm not selling you a gun. You make me uncomfortable. I don't. I have to just follow procedures because I'm. I don't know if this is going to be controversial or not, but someone will pull the race card. Somebody will pull the woman <clears> card or something, and they'll say, oh, you don't want me to have this because I'm this or that. And my hands are tied. And the only person who should have the right to discriminate is a firearm salesman because you are the last point of contact. My fingerprints are on that weapon that a kid just killed himself with. You know, I don't. That's sad. Yeah, so it's it's something that I um, don't agree with, and I think that it's kind of easily fixable, but it's also not at the same time. Because like you were saying, as somebody who has more conservative or individualistic views on the past five years, you know that you're, you're somebody who's walking on eggshells. Mm -hmm. um, you really, really can't voice their opinions. And, and go ahead. And I'm just wondering, um, my background is a little bit different because, um, you know, my parents are, we're Salvadorian and, you know, back in the 80s, we come from the Salvadorian war, right? And so there, many kids were exposed to guns because they were supposed to fight, you know? And the thing is, uh, my family suffered a tragedy, which my mom, um, you know, I, I feel bad for her because she, I don't know how comfortable she is uh, me telling this. Hopefully she won't, but this is uh, a very important topic to at least mention because maybe there's somebody else who has been traumatized. You know, so many family members have been taken away by firearms, right? And so my thing is my mom, unfortunately, had witnessed her dad being murdered 
And from that, she has always feared it. And so she instilled that fear onto me. So as you are speaking, my hands are a little bit sweaty <laughs> because this is, this is so uncomfortable for me. So for the, what would you say for the people who have this fear of firearms? Because most people who fear are the ones who are normally saying, like, take away the guns. You know what I mean? Because of whatever their background relationship is with firearms or, or maybe just the, the unknown or maybe it's just they don't know much about it. But what would you say to, I guess, in some extent, comfort someone who is just afraid of firearms or, you know, because it's one of those things. It's just like you know, the parents talking about like sex and drugs, like, oh, no, 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 we can't talk about that in the house. Right. No, 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 it's bad. So I guess, what would you say to those people? Well, I'll start off by, you know, sorry that that had to happen to your mother. That sucks. Um, definitely terrible. And I would say that what I'd say to comfort someone in that situation is firearms are scary and they should be, you should be afraid of them, but a healthy, a healthy fear, you know, you're, a car can be devastating. You can get into a really bad accident and never want to set foot in a car ever again. They can be a wonderful thing. You can hop in them and you can go on road trips and have beautiful memories. Oh, trust me. I've had yeah. a really bad car accident before. Yeah. I, we, I think, I think, um, so with, with, when it comes to that, what I'd say to comfort somebody is, you know, with anything, time usually helps, you know, just to stay away from it for a little while. And when it comes time to get back on the, the horse or whatever, or you're going to get back into the topic of firearms, there is a right way. There is a better way. There is a safe way. Don't blame the firearm. Blame the person or blame the, don't blame, because I feel like that's something that's, that's going on in society today where we, we stop. We, we take such huge leaps and we take such huge steps when something happens or a tragedy happens. We all feel like this has to change. That has to change. Instead of just saying that was somebody who was just making a bad decision at that time. And that person might need help or that person might have been so low in their life that they did something so crazy. But the tool itself, there's always going to be a way for someone to cause tragedy or someone to do something terrible. Um, especially with firearms, like it's, it's just easier with firearms. You can go and buy throwing knives or throwing axes and you could, you could do some horrible stuff with that. If you get proficient enough with it. You could take your car. And we saw this happen recently where a semi truck drunk driver mowed down an entire motorcycle column. Mm -hmm. Um, and that truck that's meant to deliver goods and services and provide food and this and that just turned into a bulldozer that just killed a bunch of people so i would say it it's all about perspective i mean and if you if something happened that's going to be a trigger for you and that's not going to change until you associate with that problem with the person instead of the the instrument like for me i'll get into my personal experience with a bad experience with firearms i went it's funny you say you have a ps5 i went to buy a ps5 mm -hmm. in dc when I got there and it was at a police station in the parking lot. What? I went to go buy it. I had these two gentlemen approach me with a GameStop bag with a PlayStation 5 um, 
thing in it. They pulled a gun out on me in DC. Wait, wait I'm I'm confused. So you were walking with it, and they came and pulled it out, or two no, people? No, I w- I was walking towards them. They were walking towards me. I went to go buy a PlayStation Five from okay. them. I had been talking to them on um, a seller website. Um, they seemed completely fine. Mm-hmm. They had five star reviews, this and that. I was at a police station. I was following everything by the book. This guy pulled a revolver out of the bag and put it up to my head and told me told me to cash app him six hundred dollars right now. Oh my god! That was my experience with firearms. I still buy firearms. I still like them. I work for it because I associated that crime with that person. That person was at such a low point because of COVID and had been struggling so much that all his sense of reasoning and empathy and everything out the window. So I almost died that night because of a game console, but I didn't, I don't once, I didn't blame the firearm. And I made an appointment. I made a, after making a, uh, a report to the detectives and things like that in DC, they were like, man, you're lucky because a lot of people in your situation, they don't walk away from that. It's yeah, like they, they over Jordans. Yeah, no, pe- they said people will kill you for, for much less. <laughs> or like that uh, last week's episode when we talked about, uh, or whatever the last episode was. The, um, the mother of young sons. Yeah, she, she died over a bowling ball. Like mm-hmm. There's an update to that, but I want to let that story to keep developing. Oh, Maybe yeah. our next episode, we can talk about that one. Sure, mm-hmm. no problem. But it, it's, yeah, I agree with you. It's just like, but it makes me think sometimes though it makes me think like you know there was something that I had mentioned to Kat like as you know when we were preparing for this episode I had mentioned Kat do you remember me saying sometimes I wish like you know because I got frustrated with LA drivers (laughs) where I was just like I really wish they could do this like five-year thing where they go and uh retest us for like the driving license thing and I was thinking couldn't that be applied for guns and I know a lot of gun owners would be like no like I don't want to be retested like but every five years you just never know because with everybody having mental health we just came out of a pandemic and you know what I mean like all this other stuff wouldn't it be like would it be a crazy idea to like come back in kind of like a renewal of a license make sure you're squared away (laughs) yeah so one of your question was um why is it so easy to get a firearm Uh and i put on that point that i think it's i would say that it's not as easy to get a firearm as it is to keep a firearm i think that's that's the problem because I can be completely healthy and completely fine mm-hmm. and start to get dementia or something. And then now I'm not, you're not allowed to purchase a firearm in the state of Maryland. If you have a medical marijuana license, you're not allowed to purchase a firearm. If you come to the counter blistering drunk because your judgment is impaired. Now that's, you are disclosing that you have a need for medical marijuana and doing everything by the book, and the government still says no. Why do we not have to have mental health checks to keep our firearms? I think that we should. I think that if you've got, you, you should, and then it, it will even further 
let people know how much you deserve to have one. You've been inspected. The problem is anything government done tends to be debatable. So am I going to get mental health checked by someone who's biased that might see me being a conservative or something like that, which I'm not, you know, I'm just, mm-hmm. every side's got good points. But if, if, if I'm a conservative, that makes me unfit to have a firearm because my therapist is biased and who would regulate that? So it just, it's hard to do something like that because who is going to be the professional that's going to determine who can have a firearm and would that person be able to handle the stress of that? Because them signing off on that document is essentially them pulling the trigger if something bad happens. It would be a just as much stress as being an air traffic controller, maybe probably a lot less, but still in that realm where you've okayed this person and now they just went and did something. That being said, it's possible, it's doable. It should be a questionnaire that's developed. And as long as you fit the boxes properly, it shouldn't have anything to do with how you feel, but that's just not where we're at in society. You know, you're discriminated from taking a job when you put in an application for something before a human being even looks at your resume. They look and they have this automatic program that looks for keywords. Mm-hmm. And then by the time, if, if you fit the boxes, then somebody looks at you. And the minute that you ask for a livable wage and decent working hours so you can be home with your family, they're not hiring you. So I'm saying like, it's just, it's hard because we have so many other things that don't work. And then we're going to implement a program that checks mental health for people to own firearms. And it's going to be like, that's person's opinion. So I think it should really fall on to, do you have anything that pops up? So did you get locked up in a mental health facility? That should flag something. That should flag something that should tell the cops that you have firearms. I know that sometimes that does happen because if you answer, do you have firearms and you're in a mental health facility, the cops will typically come to your house and get them. But that's if you disclose that. But anybody who's smart will just be like, no, I don't have them. They take your word for it. So I would say the, the, the best fix for that issue would just be if something happens that would make them question your mental health or mental fitness to own a firearm it should be all over the place that you own one or and flag something but it doesn't it's and with computers it's totally possible you know if you if you fail to pay a credit card from 20 years ago you're gonna know about it (laughs) you know like that's true we're talking about firearms right now we'll probably all go on tiktok or facebook later and they'll be like gun ads 20% off or something like that. Like they're listening. They hear like there's data. So that's already been proven. Like yeah. me and Kat, we, you know, we'll be talking about something uh, like, I don't know, like we could be talking about Beyonce or something, for example, right? Cause we're going to talk about her later in the episode and like a pop-up of like a new album coming out or whatever. And it's just like, Oh, that's creepy. You know, <laughs> it's just the man, the government listening. I'll be like thinking, uh, I'll be talking about an anime, that anime, like for example, Attack on Titans, which I have it in the corner over here. Mm-hmm. It'll pop up and I'm like, oh my God, stop it. That's creepy. <laughs> Put exactly. my thumb on the phone. Well, I'm African. You know, I've spoken about this because it's random <laughs> for me to be like, I'm African. <laughs> I think everybody and- you can 
I joke that, you know, when you're African, you have relatives all over the place when we immigrate to different countries. So I have cousins in different countries, like Denmark, Germany, Switzerland. I found one in Australia recently, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> well, he was born in the UK, but he just moved to Australia. But I was speaking to one of my cousins um, who's from Switzerland, but he's currently living in Germany. He said that, you know, every time I do occasionally a travel to America, it frightens me. And I was like, why? He said, because of this whole thing with guns. He said, you guys are the number one carriers of guns in this country. Like, it's not like this in Switzerland at all. And I was just like, so you can't own a gun? And he was like, yes, you can definitely own a firearm, but you have to go through all of these classes to get one. And you're not even allowed to keep it in your home. Not everybody owns a firearms. And apparently said like, there's this like special office or so where you have to legally keep your firearm in there. And then you just go into that building and say, hey, I want my firearm. And then they're just like, what do you need it for? And you tell them, then you take it out and then you return it back. And I sat there and I'm just like, really, for real? And he said, yeah, that's how we do it here. He said, it's even, he said, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but a lot of people don't go to jail for firearms. And I'm just like, that's crazy. And he goes, exactly, because you live in America. So I get nervous every time I come to this country because everywhere you go, you guys are just, and then he jokes violence. And I'm just like, well, it's America. <laughs> so I'm just sitting here, like, I totally get exactly what you're saying. Like the topic is taboo in some countries. So to hear you say that, that's crazy. And I hope I'm not TMI because if I am, but we can cut this art out did they find the person that did that they did not the two oh, guys got away with it oh and there was a venmo it was a cash app that i thought would be 100 traceable because money being transferred there's a transfer number they can call cash app they can find out what bank account it went into who that person's bank account is associated with things like that i thought there was no way that they're going to get away with this they got away with it i got a call from a detective a little while like maybe six months later and he was like we're still working on it and this and that i'm like oh lord at this okay. like, so it's um for me i think that i don't know if the firearm they had was illegal or not i'll, I'll tell you what though where do the illegal firearms come from the ones with the scratched off serial numbers they come from people who buy them legally and scratch off the serial numbers and they sell them to people for three times what they paid because they had the clean record to buy the gun in the first place. Ugh. But you can limit that by being stricter. And just because you're a veteran doesn't mean you're a good person. Absolutely. True. Thank you for your service. And of course, you know that from working where we work. There are plenty of rude, indecent, disrespectful individuals that come into our store every single day. And, Speak on it. <laughs> and while being a veteran might give you an edge in because we are taught manners, whether you practice those manners is up to you. But there should be a lot stricter of a check than, oh, you're a veteran. What a solid golden star you are. You go ahead and you're good to buy a gun here. Like you should still have to take a class. You should still have to do this, that, and the other because you've done nothing 
to prove that you deserve to have that firearm since you've been out, you know, and who knows how long you've been out for, you know, you could have been out for years and you guys know if you don't do something every day with certain tasks, you just forget about it. Mm-hmm. If you don't handle a firearm every day, you're not going to know how to do it. So earlier you had mentioned um, that uh, you were going to get into later. You had like a solution or something. Oh yeah. So as far as for purchasing a firearm, I think the background check thing we have right now is great. Um, that's definitely good. Um, as far as how it should, it should be a little bit more thorough and whether that makes it take longer, that shouldn't be anything that you should care about. Oh, I wanted to buy this gun so I could go take it out for the weekend. So the same seven day to 10 day waits that we have on handguns, sometimes somebody will get a seven day wait and they're checking your state record. The police are checking if you're clean in the state of Maryland, for example. Your federal record, we don't federally check you because the state's checking you. You could have crime in Texas, but that didn't flag because we only checked you in Maryland. You should have a federal and a state background check whenever you do anything, whenever you purchase. Right now, you have one or the other. So I've had onesies and twosies slip through the cracks. They usually find them later, but that's just because they're being dumb, but not always. And that maybe that person just went and um, sold it or something, scratched it off. And they're usually our regulars. Um, another thing too is it should be at the discretion of the person selling the firearms, whether they sell them or not to somebody. And this should be the only thing in the world where it's okay to discriminate. And not discriminate for age, sexual orientation, race, anything like that. But you should be able to go with your gut feeling. And if you feel like somebody is displaying body language that's uh, suspicious or is being suspicious or changing their answers. Like I had one guy say, oh, I'm active duty. Oh, but like not. But yeah, yeah, I'm reserved. Oh, but, but yeah, yeah. Um, I am also a, an army contractor. Like you're weird. You're weirding me out. You know, if. if you don't come up to the counter and display like I feel like it should be kind of like a job interview. Like you're interviewing to show me that you deserve to have this, that you will I be safe. Agree. Yeah, no, and, I and I should have to be able to ask you questions like, how are you going to store this when you get home? What's your plans? I can't ask those questions. I just buy the book, everything. It's so weird that they don't do that. Like that literally bugs me. Like what? I would say it, it works for about 90% of people, the stuff that we have in place right now. A lot of people are very responsible, especially hunters. Hunters get such a bad rap because of like the, the Southern Confederate morons and the overalls. But I promise you hunters are the nicest, most intelligent safety practicing. Like they'll annoy you with their safety, like people that you'll ever meet. Um, and they love to teach their kids early. Um, there's no harsher punishment than when like a hunter's kid tries to touch their gun. They're going to be like, Hey, you're losing everything. Like it's, um, it's really nice. And I think those classes should be, instead of being taught optionally, should be taught in a high school or middle school, you know, 
We have all these classes we don't need yeah, to take. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> like, yeah. hey, guys, we're going to learn about firearm safety today. Like, and then, like, I don't know, in your home ec class or something or whatever. Or, I mean, or, they do it for, like, sex ed. Why not do it for guns? That's what I'm saying. So, like, yeah, start early. Teach people early and have all different types of firearms with different calibers so people can see what the differences are and teach them. And then it's a, it's a class that they need to pass. They need to get in, you know, they need to get a 65 and above on to graduate high school because these are things they're going to come into contact with in their life. But I feel like it's all about grooming kids to go to college now instead of teaching them how to survive in the world, which I feel like high school used to try and do. No, they don't push trades on kids, which we need people to do trade jobs. They don't push anything of use. So one of those things they could push would be a firearms safety course. And it's an entire term long, like like three, four months. And then you switch over to an art class or something afterwards. Like, So I would say my solution would be, you know, teach them early. Um, the background checks need to get stricter there needs to be a flagging system in place when somebody who owns a firearm does something and they usually do do that like if you commit a really heinous violent crime the first thing they'll check is if you have a, a handgun but if you go to a mental health hospital and having because uh, you're having a mental breakdown that's not something that they will flag so that needs to fix only if you tell them only if you disclose it that's crazy only if you disclose it that's yeah. wow uh, and then I would say that uh, it, it definitely needs to, they need to let people go with their gut feeling sometimes. I mean, and if, and I guess you could probably have a, a second or third party there to kind of make sure that it's not just somebody being like whatever about it. But if I am getting this vibe from someone based on very clear indicators and I could write those down and be like, the reason I declined their application was because their body language was weird. They were scratching their neck. They were looking away. Um, they were trying to have me help them answer questions. This happens. Everything I'm telling you almost daily, they got this question wrong that is supposed to automatically disqualify them from purchasing a firearm. But I'm allowed to ask them, are you sure that's what you want to put? Of course, when I say that the human instinct is going to be like, He's probably saying that because I put the wrong answer. I should put the other answer. That way I can buy a gun. I should be able to take your application and throw it in the garbage. You're not buying from us. Go somewhere else. You answered that question. Are you the actual purchaser of the firearm? No. Oh, I didn't really read. Then why are you buying a gun? You didn't really read. That makes me think that there needs to be more... Mm more freedom for people who are selling the firearms to like have a that little a societal bit issue yeah because i'm just like if if somebody like at a regular restaurant retail store like they have the right to like kick you out because you're being like disrespectful rude whatever it is like i feel like it should be the same for firearms people why do they have that much freedom and you can't even say anything. That's wild to me. Because of money. Ugh. It's all money. Mm. All your boss sees is, is a lost sale. Good Lord. That's it. It's all money. And it's crazy. It's like, like, I don't know what happened, but it feels like in this country, 
people used to be greedy, but it used to benefit. Like even though somebody was definitely being greedy, they also still had some kind of morals and ethics that they didn't want society to turn into something that their kids couldn't live in and function in and pay bills in. And they like, they cared a little bit like where there was, I feel like there was a line in the sand and I feel like that's kind of gone out the wayside. And now it's all about money. The entire world runs on money. And this is why there's a gun safety problem. There's a gun purchasing problem because money is dictating decisions that should be made based on morals and ethics. And there's no fix for that except for a change in culture. So, Frank, thank you so much for coming on our show and taking some time out of your day, which we really appreciate because I keep saying it throughout this episode. This is very educational. You've taught me a lot of new things. I'm so glad you came on this show because you could have said, now nah, I'm busy. I got some other stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for you know educating us and thank you also for being you know one of our early listeners and subscribers yeah so you guys why are you quiet I, <laughs> oh my god okay i will I'm say this though thank you because what you said you know about during the whole thing with my mom, um, that's always been an issue with me because I remember, I don't know if it was high school or something because it was very unfortunate. Somebody in my high school, hello? (laughs) (laughs) No, your look was funny. It was like, okay. God, all emotional too. Okay. Well, what I was saying is back in high school, unfortunately, this would be really quick. Back in high school, um, you know, we came up, I think all of us can agree because we're almost around the same age. Um, Suicide in high school was at its height, just like, you know, uh, teen pregnancy. And um, the thing is, there was a student who unfortunately um, killed himself with a gun and it was very responsible like oh my god that like it was it was a whole thing because one we were like very sad and I didn't know him personally because he was in those like very smart classes which I don't even know what that looked like (laughs) in high school but oh okay okay we relate uh but damn I feel terrible not to distract I was an AP student senior year Uh, maybe you know what that's probably why me and him are like this you know look at us we're already in like light colors Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) we're gamers over here too but um on a serious note when that happened too um yeah I thought mine's everywhere uh when that happened I remember I wanted to ask my mom the like it was a question something about firearm and then I was just like, mom, somebody killed himself with guns. And it was a whole thing. And she even wanted to talk about it. I don't even know if she remembers uh, the conversation, but I always remembered like guns were taboo in the house. Now it makes sense. But I was just like, you know, I'm just glad that what you said, especially since you've been what professionally using or like, I don't selling, instructing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, thank you. Sorry. I didn't know what to title you. Um, but you know, hopefully somebody can take 
from what you say and then take it with a grain of salt, whatever it is, and have some comfortability, you know, because that is always the main issue. Someone, um, anybody who's listening to this, they probably lost a loved one from guns, you know. Most likely 78% of all homicides in Maryland are, are caused by a firearm. 78% of homicides. I'm in California, who I don't know, you know, <laughs> LA, yeah. that's a whole different thing. But yeah, I just wanted to thank you for like, you know, your words and stuff like that. So. Oh, not a problem. I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, I was trying to not be as biased as I could, um, you know, just because there's no easy answer for any of these issues but we can't ignore that they are issues. And yeah. I think um, as society evolves, as technology evolves, um, as we as people evolve, it will get better. Um, maybe there's more statistics posted because they're recording more than they used to, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Maybe now that there's actually people looking in that direction, it looks like it's worse than it is, but it's always been this way. And they, they just turned a blind eye to it, if that makes sense. Yeah. We'll just have to, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, I do my part, she does her part and you guys can do your part just by, if you do end up purchasing a firearm, just keep it locked up the right way. Um, and just constantly practice with it and ask questions. Everyone's always afraid, like they're going to get made fun of because they don't know anything about a gun. And a lot of guys will come in and be like, yeah, this isn't my first handgun, but you know, it is, and you can tell based on the way they're handling it and just be humble because it's, it's a humbling thing. Sure. That's pretty much it. Thank you guys. All right. No, thank you. <laughs> All right. Bye. Talk to bye. you. Bye. I still can't believe the Coca-Cola. <laughs> Please don't sue me. Cause I don't, I don't, I don't have the right to that show. Free advertising for them. As far as I'm concerned. <laughs> True. Oh man. Okay. We just came back from the interview. God, that was like very educational. Like it was. I agree. Although when we were talking about it, like I was um hand sweaty, but what what did Eminem said? Palm sweaty, mom spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> I had that moment where I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna vomit that my mom's spaghetti over here. Cause I don't, I don't know. Like I said, um, you know, it was very, you know, guns is very uh, taboo in, in, in my household. So um, I was to talk about it. Yes, it. I'm sorry. This thing is pissing me off. <laughs> I, I need it. So like when I'm talking, the pop doesn't go like, pop, you know, like I just want you know <laughs> it's my pop filter it's falling oh no help i can't get up it's falling watch somebody who's like into firearms or someone who's like sassy you know like she, she you shouldn't joke around like that um okay well i'm gonna say to you that was a meme right there <laughs> literally when somebody. somebody tells you something no knowing damn well you're still gonna do it okay <laughs> like, so that was really fun and really educational you know frank's a, he's a great guy he really is and he supports the podcast which you know i really appreciate and i know you appreciate too so mm -hmm. all right so are we ready for our wild story yes give it to me so this is dara 
that's wild. Where I tell a credible true story from around the world that actually happened. And again, I think this website, because I've gotten a lot of stories from this website, mirror.co.uk. And this is titled, my girlfriend is mad because she thinks I tricked her into naming our first kid after my dead cat. So yeah, <laughs> this is- We gotta do something about these crazy cat people, man. Oh, so you wanna do something about me? Even though I love cats and dogs equally, I just so happen to have a cat because it fits I'm my lifestyle. I remember you being so lonely. I love her though. I wish I could turn the camera on her. But you know why, really quickly, um, why don't you just show our audience what your kitty cat looks like? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I just grabbed her while she was chilling. So it's like, what are you doing? So, Aww. hey, I know, I'm sorry. This is my beautiful baby. This is karma. I love her to death. And she's like, what the F are you doing? I was chilling. But, yeah, as you can see, yeah, she's gone. But sorry, Karma. Okay, but so anyways, the story. <laughs> yeah, so this is a guy on Reddit, and he did the whole "Am I the Asshole?" series. Ooh, so, I before he got with his girlfriend years ago, he had a cat named Clementine. You know, kind of like the song "Oh My Darling, Oh My Darling." Yeah. So he he and his um, he and his girlfriend are pregnant. So before that, they were going through baby names and stuff like that. And he had suggested, why don't you name our, like, why don't we name our little girl Clementine? And of course, um, his girlfriend was like, why? And he was like, yeah. And he was just like, I think it's a cute name. And you know, I just think that it's a good name to name her. You know, we should celebrate that name. It's just a name that I just personally love. So let's name her Clementine. And his girlfriend was like, okay, we can do that. So they had their baby and they named her Clementine. And as they were, you know, introducing the baby to the grandmother on, you know, the guy's, you know, mom and stuff, mm -hmm. the mom went into the closet and dug out some photos and was just like, oh, you named baby Clementine. Kind of reminds me, you know, of your own cat. So the girlfriend's like, excuse me? So the mother brings out photos of him, like when he was with the cat and other childhood photos and stuff. And she was like, you had me name our baby after your dead cat that you lost years ago before you met me? And he's just like, what's the issue? And she's just like, are you serious right now? So you tricked me into naming my first kid after your dead cat. And he's like, I wouldn't say I tricked you. I just genuinely like the name. And what's the problem? The baby's cute. My old cat's cute too. I mean, is it really an issue? I don't think I tricked you. And she was, and you know, his girlfriend is incredibly upset. Rightfully so, in my opinion. So of course he went on and was just like, am I really the asshole for this? Because she's very upset with me. And people were just, the one person was like, no, I kind of think you tried it because you didn't tell her the origin of the name. You kind of lied about the origin. You should have been honest about what it. From say what was the origin? His dead cat's name was Clementine. No, 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 no. Okay, according to the person's comment, you lied about the origin. What did he lie about? 
He never told the girlfriend that it was after his dead cat. He it's just not said, a lie. It's not a lie if you didn't say anything. It's not. No, because remember, let's look at the definition of a lie. It's when you say something untruthful, but if you never brought up the fact that 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 Clementine name was from a cat, how are you lying? You just never brought it up. That's not that's lying. Like, no, it's that's not. That's like somebody naming your kid after their ex. Come no, on, that's now. not the same. That is not the same. But he could have. He could have. He should, like, you know, that's what one person said. And I agree with them. I and know. another person said that, like, you know, Clementine is a nice name. But really? how, yeah, but how did you think she was going to react when she found that out? You know, most people were kind of agreeing with my opinion too. Well, I'm agreeing with their opinion. The vote was, you're a complete a-hole for that. And I agree, you're that's a complete a-hole. But that's so stupid. It's not like you did name it after an ex. Like if it was an ex, this would be a different conversation. At the end of the day, Yasmin, you named my first baby after your cat. First off, what do you mean you named? You agreed. You agreed. Whatever happened to making a list? Whatever yeah, happened to making a list? Like I said, that would that would have upset me very much. That would have upset me very, very much. It's weird, but the fact is, Clementine is such a cute name. I would forgive Regardless. regardless. Regardless of if it's a cute name or not, you kept that quiet that it was, that's your old cat's name. And it took your mother to pull out photos and show me. You know what, <laughs> Yasin, we're not gonna do this, but I know how sneaky you are. You're gonna play me. All of you say he's a total a-hole for that. I agree. And uh, apparently the column agrees the fact too. That you're just gonna put the blame on the person when your dumbass agreed with it. You agreed with the name, you thought it was cute. Just like literally take a name and change it. You know how many people do that, especially in a I would hope she would change it because if that were me, I would have been like, no, we we changing this baby's name. Sneaky A. Really? Do you have a process of like changing a child's name? You gotta go he through was a dead process. wrong, in my opinion, for that. He was dead I wrong. Think, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he was all right. It's so just a name. I would find it kind of weird, but like the animal, you know what's really weird? If that animal was still alive and you named it after the dog. I can't believe, like I get that you're attached to your pet, and you, you know, you miss it and stuff. Listen, but stay your child hand. after your pet and hide it from your partner. You got me effed up. That's all I. <laughs> but the thing is, it never got brought up. Like, how are because you? Mad? It from her knowing full well she would not have gone with it. I truly believe, like these people in the comments section, you kept that from her because you knew damn well if you told her where the name came from, she would have said no. And that's what's sneaking. And that's why he felt bad, because he knew he was hella wrong, and he went on that column to go, am yeah, I the a-hole? Say and everybody said, yeah, you are. To say he lied is a huge reach, though. To say he, he lied. Tricked he lied. He tricked her. He tricked her. That's mm -hmm. effed up.
Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I named my hamster Mia, and I really love that name. I would totally name my child Mia. Just like, where'd you get the name Mia? Oh, yeah, after my hamster that passed away years ago. Mom, are you serious right now? Like, uh, it's also based on the character from Rebelde. Thank you. You don't even know that show. Roll your eyes, bitch. Wait till no, I get to I Maryland. Just, I, I see you on my side. You're part of the 1% because, like I said, I agree with the group. Everyone said he was an a-hole. To me, to me, it's not the same. If it was, like, a crazy name that you named it after, like, a, like a dog or something like that, where it's like, oh, it's so unique, but it's weird. Like, ugh. No. But this is why you have conversations. I don't know. I think it's fine. And stop blaming, stop blaming only him. What is wrong with you? You agreed. Wrong. It doesn't matter. You agreed. No backseat. No back We're not going in circles with this. I'm not going in circles. <laughs> he was dead wrong. That's. I'm gonna end it and say I. I agree with the group. You are truly the a hole. You know what? Your opinion doesn't matter because you're very like hypocritical. Bougie. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Kate Capri, your opinion is invalid. <laughs> I gotta make up lies though to get attention. So yeah. What? Bougie. Anywho, that's <laughs> the end of our episode, guys. <laughs> Yay! This is a good episode, you know? We was talking about bang, bang, bang. And then we was talking about dogs bang, who were lying bang, about bang. their cats. Something, something like click, click, bang, bang. Ah. <laughs> Sorry. Dude, I'm on a roll. Like, anybody says anything, immediately triggered by BTS. All their lyrics. If I become a hypocrite and have a daughter, which I really truly don't believe this is gonna happen, and I decide, oh, I'm gonna name her Karma like my cat, I'm gonna be honest and tell my man. I'm not gonna hide that from him. Like some people. Ew, Karma? So yeah. <laughs> so are we ready for our artist of the week? Oh yeah. Okay, so our artist of the week is Pink Bands. And this is really cool because I met her at a showcase. She is super, super sweet. She is a sorority girl. She's from California. She's been making music for a hot minute. She's a rapper. And also she did bring her friend and sorority sister who's an esthetician, I hope I pronounced it right. And that is a person that does, you know, spa treatment, face care. Yeah, and she does makeup. You know, I'm in the neighborhood. So if you need your eyelashes extended, you could go see her. But oh, unfortunately, this is for people who live in California only. So if you live around her area, you can go to her and she'll, you know, she'll hook your face up, you know, rightfully so. So we're gonna put the link to her IG. Look at this. Yep. Well, right now yep. I have the, the lighting, but you know. Yep, her name's Carson and it's, um, I believe Beauty Bar, that's what it's called, or Beauty Bar with a Z instead of a T. But she was super nice when I met her also. So, you know, give Carson some money 
and help her out with her business and put it out there because she's great. So we really need to give her a clap. So Pink Band's song that we're playing is Deleste. And we're going to play the music video for her. I kind of like it. Well, not kind of. I like it because, you know, it kind of reminds me of California Love with Tupac because yeah, you know, she's in the desert. Mm. Yeah, she's in the desert and she's in the car and she dressed up. She got a helmet and she like, yeah. yay. That's a she bad bitch vibe. She a yeah. bad bitch. I just exactly. want to let that be known. Exactly. You're a bad bitch. So I would do the same way. It's like, bitch, I, you're not a bitch, but bitch, you a bad bitch. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> so like Kink Bands, you were super sweet. We can't wait to play and your music, well, your music gonna play in a few seconds, but we just want to tell everybody Muy hermosa, trocas rosas, escandalosa, muy cabrona Los sentimientos no mamona, la más perrona Me llama la chona, baila en la zona rosa Amanecimos en San Francisco, California Con mis compas enemigas, uy, que me odian Pistear hasta que tenemos una coma Amiguis guapa y tatona Me compra ropa y pistolas No paga en dinero, él paga en drogas Esta es mi pinche rola, viejas amargadas Putas horas, solo modelos, no coronas Negros como palomas me regalan motas nunca rosas porque salí tan chingona oro directamente de Sinaloa como cambian las cosas inteligente y muy diferente tú no sabes tú no entiendes tú ganas con el cotorro yo gano con el valiente demasiada caliente manezca fresca como billete yo, yo soy don como chente siempre está en el medio de mis cachetes tú tiras a los tiro cuetes más helada que la nieve viene por atrás Los Ángeles, pero del Este 